from Daniel Studios in Cincinnati, Ohio. It's the Dennis Daniel Show. Tonight's guest, voice actor Todd Habercorn. And your announcer, me, Belle Dandy. And now, here's your host. He is Cincinnati's next big radio personality, Mr. Dennis Daniel. You have tuned in to the hottest talk show on Blog Talk Radio. I am talking, of course, of The Dennis Daniel Show. I am your host. I am the ultimate talk show host and the only symmetrical talk show host on Blog Talk Radio, Dennis Daniel. And, folks, I'm excited because we continue the summer of bigger, biggerness three. Three. And the road to Otakon with a wonderful installment of the Dennis Daniel Show, once again emanating to you from prime time. And of course, you know, summer's getting hotter, it's getting wilder, it's getting crazier. We're about halfway through the summer, but that doesn't mean that we're going to be, you know, you know, flattening out over the next couple of weeks. Because we're going full throttle, no holds barred, all stop to bring you the best interviews that we can. And tonight on the Dennis Daniel Show, we have got none other than voice actor supreme, Todd Habercorn. Or Todd Haberdashery. Or Todd Habitual Cleanliness. No, Todd, okay. Todd Habercorn. Okay, okay. Todd Habercorn. I believe that's, what they're, that's what they're telling me he's called. These, uh, the, these kids today with their incredibly complex names and, and whatnot. But anyway... For those of you who may not know Todd Habercorn, you might have heard him in a lot of very popular anime. He's very well known as Death the Kid from The Soul Eater, which you can catch every Saturday at 1.30 on Toonami on Cartoon Network. And I gotta say, Death the Kid, he's the son of Lord Death, who is, you know, overall controller of death. So the first question that pops up is, how could Death Incarnate have a kid? I don't, I, I, I don't know. You also know him best as Alan Walker from The Gray Man. Is he the man? Yeah, he is the man. He's the Gray Man. And you also know him well as Italy from the very popular Italia Axis Powers, which, by the way, seasons one and two, the complete series, now available from Funimation. And before I continue on, I, I've been asked to uh, to read a, a little little thing from Germany here. To all listeners, please refrain from having Italy scared senseless. I don't want to clean up his messes when he comes home later tonight. We'll try, Germany. I'm not going to make any any promises because I don't know how these fangirls are going to going to react if if Italy gets on here and starts talking. You know, it could be a meltdown. It could be an explosion. I guess we'll find out when we start. But anyway, like with all our great guests. I've put together a small demo reel of some of the coolest roles that Mr. Habercorn has done. So let's take a quick look at what makes Todd so cool. 
body paint. You're an alien. That's ridiculous. I'm just a normal Picaponian frog creature that talks because of magic wonder dust. It may also be a dragon or the pendulum of a cuckoo clock. In Pager Planet. No, you can't be a toddler. It's not smart enough. Kiddo, 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 kiddo. You misappreciate my spectacularosity. You may have been lucky against me, but wait until I light the beacon. <laughs> the frog invasion will not feel comfortable. Unlike the terry cloth invasion of 2042, which will actually feel quite luxurious. Just saying. Just look, Patty. You stand this off again. The two of you aren't in a line. I'm sorry, kid. Uh, kid, do you really think now is the time to be worrying about that? Yes, I do. I want it to be perfect every time. Symmetry is key. Everything must be aesthetically pleasing. Oh, wonderful. Here we go. That's why I use the two of you with twin pistols in order to preserve symmetry. When I hold you both, I'm completely balanced on the right and left. It isn't perfect because your human forms are so different from each other, though. Your hairstyles and height, for example. Even your boobs are different sizes. some pretty impressive skills. I know. Come work for me, and together we can take over this country. What do you say? I've had enough of your idiotic chattering. Just go back to Shing. Look, there they are. Huh? Look at the mess you've made. You practically destroyed our town. You're covering the damage. And your restaurant bill, too. Hey, wait. Just hold on a second. This guy and his little entourage should be paying for everything. So sorry. I don't understand much language in this country. Okay, bye-bye now. Hey, you get the hell back here. What's all the fuss about? Conda, I'll explain it later. But we need to stop this robot. It would be a lot easier if we knew what its weakness was. Only an amateur wouldn't be able to see its weak spot. Huh? I had the joy of destroying a very similar robot to this in the past. So where's its weak point? Just tell me. Hit it in the scruff, kid. In its scruff. Got it. Wait! What the heck, Scruff? Well, that's a shame, isn't it? I guess it's your fate to die, yeah! huh? You think you're funny, don't you, Kanda? Germany, Germany, Germany is a really, really nice place. Even though I'm your prisoner, you give me food. And it doesn't suck like English food. Sausages with cheeses always taste so good. It'd be heaven for a dog. Yeah, that's Germany. Tell me, how is it you Germans are so robust? You're crushing me with your intimidation. My fragility causes me to openly weep out of fear. Your women terrify me. Is it the norm to drink a barrel of beer and then bust it on somebody's head? Please don't come to my place in Lodzbach. German tourists are scary. Even the girls that are from Germany are more rugged than I am. Yahoo! Yeah, Germany's a pretty scary place. With apologies to Germany. I'll tell you what, Italia's journey makes Sergeant Schultz from Hogan's Heroes look like he actually knew what he was doing. <laughs> but 
But of course, you know, Todd has been in such in such incredible shows, and, and I can't do justice just talking about it. So that's why he's here on the program, to talk about all these awesome shows he's on. And if you're going to any big-time convention soon, he's going to be at Otacon in two weeks in Baltimore, Maryland, August 9th through 11th. So if, you, if you're going to, to Otacon in Baltimore, we know we are. We've got our ticket punched. Then you may get a chance to meet Mr. Haberdashery. Or Mr. Habitual Cleanliness. Or Mr. Haberdasher. Or Habilments. See, see, this is the part where I call screwing with the guest. But uh, maybe we should get him on here and get this puppy started. My guest tonight is a very popular voice actor who's best known as Alan Walker from The Gray Man, Italy from Hitalia Axis Powers, and Death the Kid from The Soul Eater, which you can catch Saturday nights at 1.30 on Toonami. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, give it up for the one, the only, Mr. Todd Hamacorn! Mr. Hamacorn, thank you and welcome to the Dennis Daniel Show. Hello, that's the most musical entrance I've had all day. Well, we, 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 that's kind of a staple here at this Daniel show. We we got to have music for the entries and everything. That just makes us a, a, a step above all the other fancy talk shows out there. So the question is, how are you yeah, doing today, Mr. Habanero? Uh, I, I have been, uh, let's see, I've, I just entered my 11th hour of recording. I just finished it right before getting on with you, so... Um, uh, my throat's, uh, it's, it's fierce. It's, it's uh, gotten its workout today. Criminy, criminy, Jim Jim, 11 hours. My gosh, you must be in high demand. Well, you know, I'm working on an audiobook right now that uh, is based on a movie that just came out, and, we're, and they're trying, the publisher's trying to get it out uh, along with the movie since it just came out. And I started a new show with, um, with uh, a company today, with uh, Nickelodeon. I can't talk about which show, but um, I began that, and so I was doing that, and then some other stuff, so lots of recording, lots of good stuff going on. I'm very grateful for it, and hope it continues. Okay, well, uh, we'll talk about it. Let's maybe we can talk about that audiobook a little bit later on in the program, but um, what got you interested in acting? Well, I've been doing it since I was a little kid. I uh, started off in musicals when I was 10, and I think it's because I was raised by movies and <clears throat> uh, movies and toys and my imagination because I don't have any brothers or sisters and you know I come from primarily a, a single parent home so I think it was just in my blood to just kind of play and, and use my imagination and that easily transferred over into the acting world and, and the various different aspects of that so I, I had a great time doing it as a kid and I was like well why not why not make it a job so uh, that kind of became my path for life well, that sounds like a pretty sweet path to be taken, Mr. Habercord. And of course, you've been in all kinds of uh, all kinds of great, great, um, great programs and, and different things throughout your life. But of course, you had to, of course, learn how how to be an, an actor and, and, and improv and all that stuff. So, do you have some kind of education in acting? Uh, oh yeah, um, it's it's uh, <clears throat> of course I, I went to college for it for uh, specifically for theater acting. Now that there's not a degree in voiceover, but uh, I get that I get that asked that gets asked of me a lot. But uh, I, I focus on on theatrical acting. Um, I've trained in the field, just doing 
films and television and commercials and uh, stage acting, like I mentioned, voiceover acting. So in addition to being trained and, and doing, taking it in high school and taking it in uh, middle school and elementary school and also doing it in the field, I've, I've had uh, the pleasure of having a, a lot of hours under my belt of training in, in this uh, arena. doesn't mean I know it all. There's always something to learn, but I feel like I've, I've got a little bit of a, of a good base to work from. Well, you're you're always willing to learn with every new experience you do, and I think, and we've talked about this with many different voice actors on the show. If you're willing to learn while you're still going through the journey, then you're 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 a lot better off than a lot of people who assume that they've learned everything jumping right into the voice acting industry head first. So you don't you do seem like you you are on on top of things here, Todd. Well, I tell you, well, you know, unfortunately, you learn the most from failing, and nobody likes to fail. But it's like, oh man, I guess you got to do it just to to uh, <laughs> to learn more. So that part's not fun, but but uh, get, you know, being uh, you know, getting to do things like cool audio audiobooks and stuff. That's that's some of the byproduct of that. So hey, bring it on, I say. Yeah. With the uh, with the with the sudden popularity of audiobooks, you know, voice actors are 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 now needed, and now with guys like you and, and Chris Sabat and Eric Stewart and, and Laura Bailey, uh, you, you don't have to just show your talents in with a with a moving cartoon character. Now you can read these classic books: War and Peace, uh, Romeo and Juliet. Uh, I don't know, uh, the Art of Gates War. Of yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Another outlet to make that money. Yeah. Well, it's. Uh... You know, it's really good training, and it's, it really takes a, a fierce amount of concentration because, you know, we're sitting sitting there recording these books for sometimes eight hours a day. And so it's, it's to be able to keep all the characters straight in your head and, and having to go from them back and forth uh, on the fly, I feel like it's the, the kind of theater of voice acting as far as training because for, for being an actor, uh, being on stage is, like, really good for the muscles. As the acting muscles, and so I feel like this just helps me in other voice acting arenas. Yeah, well, I've I've never been able to uh, open a book longer than eight hours, so you've certainly got my attention with these audio books. I'm gonna have to try one out. So maybe after the show, you can tell me a couple of the books you're in, and we can uh, I can look them up and hear the awesomeness that is Todd Hebicord on audio form. You know, while I'm thinking about it right now, is because everyone is is on the zombie craze and everyone loves zombies. There's there's one called Fiend that just came out from Random House, and that's like a, that's one I would recommend for people. It's it's not a kids book, but uh, it's, it's it's pretty fun. I, I if you want to check one out. Yeah, okay, well I will definitely give it a, a consideration. BlogTalkRadio.com. This is the Dennis Daniel Show. We've got Tad Habercorn on the air, best known as Death the Kid from The Soul Eater, and Alan Walker from The Gray Man. Now, of course, before you know doing the whole anime hoopla and even i can't believe that that this existed uh one of your earliest acting roles was mr knickerbocker from the uh popular barney movie let's make music what was it like working on the movie and getting to work alongside an iconic childhood character like barney the dinosaur well that was a lot of fun because everybody grew up with barney uh from my generation and getting to share kind of the stage with them and and also to see kind of his other friends like Baby Bob and such and to see them with their heads off and see who's underneath was a really surreal experience because you've got Baby Bob dancing around, this yellow cute dinosaur, and then Baby Bob takes takes her head off and it's this middle-aged kind of gruff and tough dwarf uh, guy underneath. So it was was a really 
that was a change of pace for me. They're very nice guys, and they're wearing, like, their ice vest to keep them cool in the suits. And, you know, just to see all the mechanics work and see that, you know, Barney is is one person in the Barney suit, but there's another person that does the voice. And kind of seeing the recipe for how it all comes together was a lot of fun. And the vision of Barney just got killed in the back of my mind. <laughs> that, 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 that's got to be kind of scary, Todd, seeing, seeing, you know, it, 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 again, I think we could chalk that one up to the childhood ruined meme. My God. Uh, yeah, yeah it, was, uh, it was pretty surreal to, to be there and to, you know, you're thinking you're interacting with just like, a, I don't know, like a little kid or something. It, it, at the very least, uh, if you're going to be this girl dinosaur, I'm thinking there's a girl in there. And then the head pops up and is like, hey, how you doing? It's like, oh. Okay. All right. We're dealing with something a little different here. So they were really nice guys, though. That's kind of creepy for dinosaurs coming from our imagination. I don't know. I don't know what kind of hell imagination these kids have. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still still trying to wrap my brain around that one. That's just so screwed up. But it's so funny. Oh, okay. 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 Come on. We got to pull this this train back on the tracks. But uh, of course, you know. Mr. Knickerbocker, this this very tall individual, and uh, and uh, he, I and I, I saw a cosplayer a couple of months ago at a convention, and she did the character, and she had these uh, stilts. Now, I've never seen uh, I've never seen Mr. Knickerbocker before, but um, I assume that uh, you know you had to wear incredibly uh, tall stilts like like them, right? Yeah, when I was on the stilts, I was nine feet tall. And what, uh, what was cool about it was Mr. Knickerbocker's always been sung about, but he's never been seen uh, on camera. So this is the first time he was seen on camera. And so we had talked about putting him on stilts and things like that. And I, I come from a background of stilt walking from other things that I've done in life. And so it was just kind of a natural. I didn't, I didn't audition for the part. They just called me and asked me if I wanted to do it. So that was, that was kind of fun. Well, I guess the, uh, the whole, the, the whole still experience kind of added to the appeal and, Bada bing, bada boom! You got yourself a a role walking as a, a guy with a really tall hat, very very flashy jacket, and uh, you're singing about making yeah. music. Yeah, making music and talking about the pickle palace. So, not a bad day. Musical palace. That's so. Oh, uh, that that does sound like you know Barney. So of course, uh, diving into the world of anime, uh, one of your of your very earliest known roles was of course Hikaru Hitachin from the Oran High School Host Club, and I've talked with all of, all of you girls about it about this host club where you know the girls can can get hit on by these guys and they're and they're in high school and it's and uh, of course um, your character you know Hikaru Hitachin. So uh, what's it like? What was it like working on the series? And and what did you think of your of your character Hikaru? You know, whenever we work on these shows, I don't know any of the fanfare that surrounds the shows. Very rarely do I know about um, what fans think about the shows beforehand. Very rare instances of, like, Sergeant Frog. I knew people were really jazzed about that. But with this show, I, I approached it like any other role. Uh, it was a little odd playing a, an incestuous, kind of semi-incestuous twin brother. That was that was the first. But um, I thought the show is very intelligent, and there's a reason that it's, that it's endured this many years is because of that, of that intelligence and the imagination. And, and I think everybody's performances are really great in it. I had a great time doing it. It's, uh, I can't think of a time when I've, I can very rarely can I think of a time when I'm in the booth where I didn't just enjoy the hell out of doing it. 
and this show was uh, was no exception. It was it was a blast and working with everyone and seeing uh, coming in later in the process because with Greg who who played my twin, either I would record first or he would record and then we'd have to come in and match each other. So just the way the recording schedule worked out, I was able to come in and hear everybody else in it, and so it was a real treat for me in the booth. Yeah, well, uh, well, uh, yeah, working alongside Greg Ayers, you know, first off, the guy is awesome, and this just this just seems like a, a character that I think he would excel as, just because he's just he just got that personality that's just so so unique, and I I think that I, I think you two you know paired together, especially with with these two characters who you know they're kind of you know crazy i mean any i mean any 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 set of twins that dresses up as girls as children you know they aren't exactly going to be you know right in the head so i i think that you know from what i've heard you know you two uh played these off you know you know twin brothers but you you had a from from what i've also seen you know you guys were, pre were pretty good in this uh yeah i mean everyone seems very positive about it, and, and I'm glad folks so continue to support the show, and I'm happy to be uh, to be in the legacy of the host club, and, and uh, if there's another season, I'd be happy to come back and uh, reprise the role. But would you ever consider cosplaying Hikaru? That's the question. That's, that's, you know, I would do that. That's a little lower on my list. I want to cosplay as, uh, I've got, you know, at Otakon, I'll be the Man of Steel. <clears throat> I've got... Uh, I think that the kid is going to be before he could have. He's definitely on the list. I actually just saw a photo of of you on your uh, website, teamhabercorn dot com, cheap pop, and uh, you were dressed as uh, as as Edward. And I'm like, well, let's see. Wait, wait, wait. But Vic is Edward. Why, why, why would Todd be dressing as a so? You know, I'm just, so uh, so. Of course, I I, I would have been surprised. I was surprised. I thought you would have dressed as Ling Yao. Oh, yeah, that was my next, the very first cosplay was Ling. I did that at Ace and Year when we debuted uh, who Ling was going to be voiced by in Brotherhood. I dressed as Ed for uh, a, a video that I made in the Tribute Wars against Vic. So that's that's why I was in the Ed jacket. You know, I did... You know, I did see part of that at MatsuriCon last year, and that, that I, I saw the video, and that was pretty funny. But it's really cool that you and Vic, you know, you're such great friends that you do these uh, this tennis match of uh, tribute videos back and forth with each other. And, you know, and it, it's basically you poke fun at each other, but, it, of course, it's all in good nature. If you can't laugh at yourself, then who can you laugh at? And, and, and you know what they say, they only tribute vid the ones they love. That's right. That's so that you're, now we've combined our efforts and we're working together, of course, on sci-fi sci projects. So, yeah, it's all in good fun. And we'll talk about one of those sci-fi projects later on in the program. But, of course, let's get into some of the, uh, of the modern stuff that you're in. And right now, I think one of the uh, most popular characters that you've done in, in, the, in the most recent time is, of course, Death the Kid from The Soul Eater, which you can catch Saturdays at 1.30 a.m. on Toonami on Cartoon Network. Of course, the show, you know, was was started in 2010. Of course, Soul Eater just now finding its way to Toonami. So what was it like working on the show, and, and what do you think of your character, not only being the, the son of Death Incarnate, but kind of having a unique twerk about him? I feel like with that, with that, you know, that that's a really fun role. What a 
what a great storyline in that show, and it's it's got so much character, and I feel like it's very honed one piece uh, with, with all the craziness going on. And uh, that's definitely a show that I feel like we should totally revisit for more for more episodes. And this is, I've talked to the Japanese producer of that show a couple times and asked him, hey, please, make more, make more. So we'll see what he does. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I am certainly down for more Soul Leader. You know, Todd, I could not agree with you anymore because I just got done watching the ending of Soul Leader and it left so many questions in, in the air. Does uh, does does Black Star surpass God? Does Tsubaki finally get the courage to tell Black Star to shut the hell up? Does Death overcome his obsessive compulsive disorder and having everything symmetrical? Do Patty and Selma finally get body body shapes that match each other to his likes? Does Doctor Stein get his sanity? And do we even meet Maka's mom? All these questions are unanswered, and everyone's gonna go, "Okay, you need to read the manga, Dennis." I don't want to read the manga. I want to watch another anime. So that's why, Todd, there has to be Soul Leader Part Two. So get to working. Come on, Japan. After this interview, we're going to Japan, and we're going to make this happen. Oh, we oh, 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 we are. You know what? We're going to have to do a video at Otakon if we can get an interview with you telling Japan that they have to start cranking out more Soul Eater because there were so many questions left in the air at the end of the series that just that, that, that need to be answered by these people. Like, another question. Does Death Scythe finally get with a woman? Does everyone finally realize that Blair the Sexy Kitty is nothing more than an animal slut? There are so many questions that have not been answered by Soul Eater that need to be answered before the anime populace is satisfied. I agree. Uh, totally. Uh, hang on, I've got to catch my breath there. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Moving along from, from Death the Kid, and if we don't talk about this... The fangirls are going to attack us at Otakon, Todd. we got to talk a little bit about this crazy show called Hitalia. And I, I, I hear this show is popular. I, I don't know. What, what, what do you hear, Todd? Do you hear this, this show is, is popular for some reason? <laughs> you know, that's the one show that uh, you know, I didn't know how it was going to go. I didn't know what people would think of it. But they sure do, uh, they sure do love Italia. And, again, it's another show that I'm just so happy to be a part of. And what a weird show. I mean, who would have thought that a five-minute episode-type uh, show would, would work? And it totally does. And uh, it, it's, I've gotten so many letters from fans all over the world talking about how it's inspired them to focus more in class when it comes to the history section of things. And uh, they've been – I've gotten so much uh, fan mail just from Italia uh, alone that's uh, really been incredible. Who here doesn't love Italy? Because Italy is just, you know, Italy, you know, you, you feel bad for Italy, but you realize due to his bringing up, you know, kind of deserve it, you know. Italy should have played ball. But anyway, of course, you voice Italy, which I think is just awesome. So uh, what was it like working on Italia? Oh, and by the way, seasons one and two of the complete series, now available on DVD from Funimation. You should be watching. So what's it like voicing Italy, and what do you think of his character? Well, first, I was actually England for the whole first season, so I recorded the whole show as England first, and uh, then when the, the voice actor that was playing England left the role, uh, there was an interview process, i sorry, playing Italy left the role, they had a hold to fill, and so they approached me and actually a couple of the voice actors to try out 
for for Italy. Uh, but at the end of the day, after weeks and weeks of auditioning and multiple uh, you know times going in and recording a little bit here, a little bit there for it, uh, the decision was handed down that I would take over Italy. And working on the show, the, the biggest note that I kept getting from the director was just faster. So faster, faster, faster. So what you hear on the show is not anything sped up. It's just me talking super fast. I, I I cannot I I cannot do that myself. So so more props to you for doing that. But you know when I think about how it's set around World War Two, I, I remember you know this was the axis of evil. You know these guys were oppressing all these countries. They were attacking America. But then you watch Italia and you see that Italy is just abused, mistreated, and tortured throughout that show. So you're kind of thinking. Maybe Italy wasn't really, really that much of a bad guy in World War II. Maybe it was just Germany and Japan that were the dicks. I, 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 I don't, I don't know. So, so it made me really kind of rethink the whole Italy thing. But and I, I felt bad for Italy. And but of course, you just there were just so many things in there that just made that show funny. And I, I, I think we, we played one. It was the uh, Italy song and. Oh man, you guys! You guys hit the nail on pretty much every head in that song. The women, the beer—it's racist, but what are you gonna do about it? <laughs> and it's musical. I mean, there you go. That's, and it's that's musical. the best part. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's musical. There, there you go. It's, it's musical. It's racist. It's musicalist. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the uh, that was a hard song to uh, actually do because on the on the left side. Of, of the headphones, I was having the Japanese song playing in the original Japanese. On the right side was Brina Palencia, who laid down a scratch track for it. And then in both parts of the headphone was my voice trying to sing it. So uh, it was it was an interesting recording process. Yeah, well, well, both of you did great as, as Italy. For those who don't know, Brina Palencia was Little Italy, or as I call her, Little So, you know, and then... And then yeah, we- yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm not. Oh, but of course, not taking anything away from from you, Mr. Habercorn, because all the all, all, all the most abusive stuff that comes comes from from when from adult Italy, and that's I I can't even begin to describe how bad I felt for Italy in the show. It was like, oh my gosh, just this this poor guy. He's just getting attacked by Germany and Japan, and all he wants is is, is Germany to love him. And of course, you know Germany too thick-headed and thinking about the war, and just it just it's it's just so terrible, and I feel so bad in all my feelings. Oh, nothing that a bowl of pasta won't cure. So, and pizza, and and pasta, and and wine, drunk and beer, drunken out of a high heel boot for some vague and unknown reason. But hey, that's yeah. Italy. Hey, Italy haters gonna hate. So right there. And of course, you know, Paint It White, the very popular movie, which I thought was was really cool too. Italy ending up, you know, well, somewhat saving the day. Then then you had Big Brother Romano saving that that, and I, I never got what Romano was. And then I'm not not saying anything bad about the performance by an awesome Christopher Sabat, but um, I just I just I know essentially Italy is the star of the show. I mean, it's Italia. Italia, come on, Italia, Italia, Italy, Italia, yeah. right there. He's the star of the show. So, and as much as I hate that America wasn't the star of the show, Italy was the star of the show, and I thought was you know, I get again, great job. I loved it. I really wish that 
they made more. I I know um, after the uh, first two seasons there was the World Series, and uh, I, is there is there any could there be any more by chance on the horizon or, or is that it for the Hitalia? There is a season five. Um, I you know I I don't know I can't comment on uh, on uh, whether or not we're going to be doing it, but I would suspect that uh, that we will since. Uh, Seasons one through four did so well for us, so um, we'll see what happens. But uh, I hope so. All right. So season five of Italia needs to get done. A second season of Soul Eater, and uh, okay, uh, I, we got a, we got a lot on our plate. We got to get handled. Oh, here. oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. And of of, of course, a uh, another awesome uh, show that I thought was uh, fairly cool was um the Gray Man. So who was the man? Why well, you, Todd? You the Gray Man? Yeah, yeah, that was a great show. I, I loved producing and directing and. Uh, handling uh, casting on that, et cetera, it was uh, it's quite a quite an immersive process that I uh, that I got to be a part of with that show as well as be in it, of course. So uh, that show is very near and dear to my heart, and and it's sad that we didn't get to finish it. Yeah. So, but, but anyway, what was it like playing Alan Walker, and uh, you know, having this this very unique character who, you know pretty much was a walking and talking weapon. I've just seen a few episodes, and in, in, I'm a few episodes in the series. I'm sorry, shame on me. But, you know, he, <laughs> he just this guy is just, you know, he's got this this just this rough, you know, rough life. He's being attacked by vampires and, and all these freakishly huge monsters and a giant robot and, and all that stuff. And, you know, what's it like playing Alan and, you know, a character who's, you know, like us, trying to find his way in life. You know, I just feel like with that show, it was very, uh, I loved all the elements of it. I loved the action. I loved uh, I loved the supernatural elements. I loved the characters in it and, and the humor and, and also the mysticism. And so I think it was a perfect show that, that kind of was in the same vein of a full metal, uh, that uh, a full metal alchemist. So, uh, you know, I just wish it. I just again, I wish we could have finished it. You know, there just seems like a, a lot going on nowadays. You have these great shows. Um, and we were talking with another voice actress, uh, Kathy Westlook, a while back about this show called Cyber Six, which you know never got. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah, she was um she was Cyber Six in that show, and you know you had a great storyline, great artwork, great characters, but uh, but and, and there was a big fan push behind it, but a, a second season never got made, and it, it seems like with a, lo- a lot of different shows nowadays, you got the potential to be a great program, but. And you can have the, the family behind you, but I guess when it comes down to it, if if, it, if there's just not the um, not the money or the uh, or the staff needed to produce the next season, it kind of goes the way of the dodo. Yeah, it really it really boils down to uh, fans supporting the show financially. People can cosplay it at cons all day long; they can they can love it uh, all they want to, but if they don't buy it, then we don't make any more. So it's a very simple equation. Yeah. That a lot of fans uh, seem to overlook. They just—that's what they got to do. They have to support it. So, um, if they, as long as they're doing that, we're going to make more. Yeah, just—that's so. another thing we 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 talked about with some of our guests. The effects of piracy in the anime industry. Uh, you know, piracy. You know, caused is the death of several very popular anime produ- production agencies like. Uh, like um um ooh, uh, like Pioneer and Genion, they went they went belly under because they couldn't afford to keep up in a piracy filled world. So um, uh, do you have any advice for those who who do want to you know take part in trying to stop the uh, piracy of anime in the United States and uh, 
maybe even have some advice for those who want to get the awesome anime but can't afford the fifty, sixty dollars? Well, anime has gotten a lot cheaper in the past couple of years because we try to listen to the fans. So it used to be for the cost of a thirteen episode set now, you get four episodes per disc. We were releasing anime a lot faster. We're releasing it in a lot more uh, in bulk, and we're making it available in a lot more spots. I mean, streaming on Netflix, Hulu Plus, Crunchyroll, et cetera. There are a ton of options to, to, to see anime. So we're doing everything that we feasibly can to make this available for fans. Um, you know, we're doing everything that we can to still make it cost-effective to make at that price point. So uh, I feel like we've done everything on our end. We just need the fans to... To, to do their part, which a lot of them are doing. But, um, you know, for people that, it, it's like with any art form. I mean, if you love comic books, if you love music, you support those things financially. And we uh, we try to make things very attractive for fans by offering shows that we that we hear that they want, uh, offering, uh, offering shows that, uh, uh, offering uh, every season of it if we can. So uh, we're doing our part. Oh yeah, oh definitely. And of course with with the awesome SAVE packs that Funimation releases, now it's even easier than ever to own your favorite series for a fraction of the cost, including such hits like Black Blood Brothers, Nabari No O, and even The Gray Man. The complete first and second season are now available from Funimation for as low as fifteen dollars. Available at Amazon.com. Trying to trying to trying to plug these. Buy, buy, buy the DVDs, guys. They're worth it. Well, anyway, of course... Um, yeah, I, I know. I'm so sorry. BlogTalkRadio.com. This is the Daniel Show. We've got Todd Habercorn on the air, best known as Alan Walker from The Gray Man and Death the Kid from Soul Eater. Now, of course, outside of anime, you also do a lot of, uh, of cool fan stuff, and uh, we talked about it a little earlier in the program. Uh, I know that you and uh, a guy by the name of Vic Mignogna, who we hope to have on in a couple of weeks ourselves are working or have finished uh, this project, and I don't know if I, I don't know if I should talk about it or not. It's um, why don't you tell us a little bit about Star Trek Continues? I'm sure he can go into a lot of detail about it too. We have the largest recreation of the original series set uh, in the world, and that's uh, in great part thanks to Vic and the executive producers and uh, Farragut Films, who are very very integral in making that happen. Vic is like the ultimate Trekkie on steroids. No one knows more about Star Trek than he does. So it's been a dream of his all his life to play Captain Kirk, and so he made this happen. And he's the driving force behind all this, and we're gearing up for the second episode. Uh, we have a lot of heavy hitters in, 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 in our show. We've got Granny Mahar from Mythbusters in our first episode. We've got uh, the original Scotty's son, uh, Chris Doohan, is our Scotty. Uh, so there's a lot of connection to the original series uh, here through that, through also through our, our first guest uh, appearance of uh, the, the first guest star in our first episode is Michael Forrest, who played the original Apollo. He reprised his role in our episode. Uh, we've got our guest star for the second episode picked out, but I can't say any more than that, but we start filming in October, and hopefully we'll have the uh, episode ready to go by the beginning of the year. Awesome, and if your fans want to learn more about the awesomeness that Star Trek continues, they can check out www.startrekcontinues.com, which we'll link to on the Altice Explosion website. And I'm, uh, I'm looking at it now. You, you guys look pretty good, especially you, Mr. Spock. Oh, thank you so much. That's three hours in the makeup chair every day, and that's not a wig. So <laughs> I have to grow my hair out at a certain point in the year, so right now I'm growing it out. 
so we'll have to cut it to that uh, to that length and, and style. And then it's three hours to get the ears on, and then one hour to take them off in the evening. And yeah, we're, we're going to be shooting the episode for probably ten to twelve days. And so we we have a lot of professional crew, a lot of professional cast members involved, a lot of equipment. Uh, it's a huge production. I mean, it's a very very big undertaking for these full length episodes. Um, a lot of the feedback has been fantastic. I ran into Brent Spiner, who plays Data uh, from the Next Generation at, at the airport in L.A., and he had even commented that he he loved what he saw, and uh, and he talked to me about it at the airport. And so uh, a lot of people are really, really, uh, really enjoying it. So we're we're happy to have the support. But the question is, does Vic Mignogna talk? <laughs> Just like I've It's coming through now, Con. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, he does. A, he does a good Kirk. He he he's got it down. <laughs> okay, so I will have to make fun of him for that when we have him on the show. So guys, stay tuned because we're going to be busting Vic's chops about doing the essential Captain Kirk. But uh, yeah, people not liking this show, I find that highly illogical. And I'm, I'm doing the I'm doing the the live long and prosper thing with my hand, and it kind of. <laughs> you guys look really good, and and with the hair, if I, I have some advice, all you got to do is a. Uh, Find some way of getting those three stripes on the on the left side, and boom, instant death of kid cosplay. And then bam, that's right, that's right. Of course, the one thing we gotta promote as part of the summer of bigger biggerness three and the road to Otakon is you're going to be at Otakon. So, all right, the question is, are you excited? Is there something that they need to check out? You know, one of the highlights that you're going to be involved in when they're at Otakon. Well, I tell you, I love Otakon. Going there has been uh, it's, it's a wonderful convention. They, uh, it's been a while since I've been there. We premiered Italia there last time, and so this is a new, uh, this would be a, a new year for me to head over there. And the Twitter fans uh, got me up to a certain amount of followers. They met the challenge, so that's why I'll be cosplaying as Superman at the convention. Uh, we'll be involved in that. Also involved in Crisis Brawlers, which is a, the first video game made specifically for a convention. So this is a game made for Otakon. And so this is a big anniversary for them, and I'm happy to be there with a, with a lot of great voice actors that everyone knows and loves. So uh, catch me there, come say hi, and, and we'll all uh, hang out and have some crab cakes together. Awesome. And, and, of course, you know the Altice Explosion is going to be there covering the convention itself. We're so excited. Our second year. And if there's any year you should go to Otakon, you'll want to go for the 20th anniversary. It's going to be big things popping, little things stopping. So sit back, enjoy the view, because Otakon is for otaku like me and you. Are there uh, any new shows or projects that you're working on that you could tell us about? <laughs> Uh, the, the things that uh, I'm all working, I'm working on. Unfortunately, I can't talk much about uh, the things that spring to mind right now. Uh, of course, let's see. Let's think. Uh, Eureka Seven. Uh, I'm the villain in that, so I believe that's coming out soon. Um, I'm also. God, what can I? I'm, I'm so trying to be so careful here about the things I can talk about. Um, oh, um, the Blue Exorcist movie. I'm, I've joined the cast of, of that movie. Uh, that's that's going to be cool. And what else can I talk about? I'm going through all the NDA contracts in my head. I'm like, can I talk about that? Can I? I think those are the only things I can mention right now. But there's a lot of stuff on the horizon. 
That's okay because we hear that the Blue Exorcist movie is going to be is pretty awesome because you've got guys like you, Kyle Bear, uh, Kira Buckland, aka Rena Chan from the uh, My Little Pony fandom, who has done stuff for the show for our show as well. I mean, you've got a bunch. You got you got a bunch of the you have the past, the present, and the future of voice actors all in this one movie. That's going to be that's going to blow people right out of the theater. So I think it's going to be a a very good movie. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's actually going to be playing in theaters for two nights only. The first night is August 17th. Check uh, local listings to yeah. see when that will be happening all over the country. And we assume it will be released on DVD shortly after that. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, so I look forward to it. I'm happy to join that crew. Okay, Todd. Well, before we go, we have one final question. We'd like to ask all our voice actor guests this. Um, a lot of our audience is theater and drama majors who you know, want to get their start in voice acting. So do you have any advice for those who do want to pursue a career in voice acting? A career in voice acting? Well, if I had any advice for you, it would be to um, – hmm. well, you know, there's no set path. It's a different journey for every single person that does it. But my advice would be if you sincerely – I have a desire to do it, and and it's not just because you want to, uh, you want the the fame or whatever comes along with it, but you really really have a passion for it. You will find a way to do it, and if you if you have a have a talent for it and a passion for it, the the means to to make it happen are out there, uh, and and just do your research and and commit to it and make it happen, and it can. You gotta reach out there and you gotta grab for that that jugular vein. If if you don't if you just sit back, you know, not take any chances, you're never gonna find out how far you can go in this life, my friend. And of course, Todd, that makes perfect sense right there. So of of course, um of course guys, check out uh Soul Eater Saturdays at one thirty AM Eastern Standard Time on Tsunami. Check out Full Metal Aquas Brotherhood a little shortly after that. Uh, Todd, we'll let you go now because, you know, you got to go back to being awesome. And hopefully at Otakon in the next two weeks, we can catch up with you and get and do that promo video to get Soul Eater's second season made. And I, I thank you so much for, for being on the program with us. Thank you so much for having me. It was uh, I had a great time, and <clears throat> I apologize. A little, uh, my voice is a little shot from recording, but uh, thank you for, uh, for having me. Well, guys, we'll see you down the road. And until next time, this is Dennis Daniel's show saying, Pasta! Pasta!